Welcome into Loho Daily. Today, I'm going to tackle or at least try to tackle two different subjects in one interview. The subject is the song Old Town Road by Little Nas X and the remix, of course, by Billy Ray Cyrus. When I was talking about the NCAA tournament with Ricky O'Donnell, and you can go back and listen to that episode. It was earlier this week. He talked about how that became a song and a rallying cry for Texas Tech. And there's been some controversy about the song because the song is very hip-hoppy. And it was on the country charts for a while. And then country music took it off of the charts. And then Billy Ray Cyrus was like, how can you do that? I want to do a remix because it is a country song. And it's in the game Red Dead Redemption, which is based in the Old West. So I know I'm throwing a lot of stuff at you. But the reason I'm throwing it at you is because I don't know a lot about, one, the song. Two, I don't know a ton about this era of gaming. And I am, you will notice throughout this podcast life that I am going to try to educate myself on gaming as we go forward. And I've had a couple of already like good like interviews when it comes to stuff like this. But Aaron Simon wrote a piece in the Shadow League about Old Town Road and how it came to be, its popularity, and it using the gaming world to boost its popularity. So I wanted to talk with her about that. So this is that conversation. Welcome into Loho Daily. Okay, so let me start with this. I, I wanted to tell you why I was so uh, taken by what you wrote because it, it came on the tail end of a conversation that I had with a buddy of mine who covered the Final Four. So at the Final Four this past weekend, uh, Texas Tech, their fans were using Old Town Road as kind of like a fight song at the game, and it it amazes me like how quickly that song has become adopted. Why do you think that that song has uh, has become such a, a, a national phenomenon? Oh uh, well, I, I think when it comes to this song specifically, right? Historically, we've seen a lot of people that have crossed over into hip hop, but to see someone like uh, Little Nas X be able to cross over into a genre like country where you know we we don't really see as often it's kind of like it's 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 like one of those situations where it's like the underdog situation right um what a lot of people don't know about him is before he used to be a tweet decker so he's someone who understands social media he understands the power of social media and he picks the perfect timing considering that the platform tiktok which is now becoming this platform that's like really taking it's really uh, has a viral effect that's making people just go become very popular within mainstream and he saw it and obviously had the yeehaw yeehaw challenge and from there you know it he he was just like the perfect timing and i think what i guess is contributing to this is obviously the masses like the song right even when i listened to it i was like oh this is actually not that bad this is actually pretty dope and uh, from there, when people saw what Billboard did in terms of taking him out of the country charts, it's kind of like one of the things like, oh, wow, like, why is it that, like, you, you said that there's no elements of 
quote-unquote country in there. But there, we've had situations before where we've seen people who shouldn't have been in hip-hop or immersed themselves in hip-hop or people who are taking quote-unquote elements of hip-hop. I mean, Jason Aldean had a song that had, like, basically country rap associated. We've seen it before with other people. Was like, it Georgia Line? Florida Georgia Line? Or Big so and it's Rich. Like, yeah, so it's like, it's like, so there's other people that can implement aspects of hip-hop into their music. But why can't we take elements of others outside of pop? Why can't we do the same when it comes to the country? So I think that not only is it because the song was good and how, you know, we understand social media, but I also think it's just like the underdog situation. Everyone's like, no, like we are behind him. We're rooting. And then the fact that he got Billy Ray Cyrus and it made the song even more fire, I think kind of like added to the feel where everyone's like, oh, no, this is something that we can get behind. Um, so it, it's honestly just like a combination of so many things happening. Um, the power and the understanding of the nuances of social media, uh, and then just also the historical context when it comes to the crossovers of genre, more specifically with hip-hop, really fueled this situation behind this song. And even from a gaming perspective, right, he had a music, he had music video, his unofficial music video, were clips from Red Dead Redemption 2. Hip-hop has been known to utilize the clips and imagery from... Uh, Rockstar games, uh, their video games, right? I mean, obviously, predominantly, it was with Grand Theft Auto. Uh, we've seen people like Iman Shumpert. We've seen people like Juice World and a few others that have utilized certain aspects uh, or even utilized clips of Grand Theft Auto for marketing purposes, music videos, et cetera. Uh, so it was smart that he utilized a game that typically, you know, people, it's something that's being talked about especially when it comes to, like, in the gaming community, when it comes to patch updates, people are constantly looking up Red Dead Redemption 2 because of storyline purposes, maybe tutorial purposes. Uh, but then also, like you said, the great thing about Red Dead Redemption 2 and also the Rockstar game is the opportunity to manipulate it to create stories or funny content or anything like that. We're seeing that now with players who are modifying um, in, in the sense of, like, doing role-playing with Grand Theft Auto on Twitch. So it's just there's so much that goes into it that's contributing to its success. But honestly, like I'm I'm completely behind it because I don't see I don't see anything wrong with what he's doing and he's being very strategic and smart about it. And also like there are country elements that I feel like in the song. It's just you know some when some I guess in life when people close the front door on you, you just got to go through the side door. It, it, it seems like uh, along with there being the the musical snobbery that goes on here that part of the the underdog story of this is also the people inside the gaming world saying, well, wait a minute, if, if this song is good enough to be a significant part of a video game that takes place mm -hmm. in the Old West, how can you then not deem it country enough? Like, I, I, I thought that, that that kind of intersection of, of different societies kind of raising up for Lil Nas X was really interesting. Yeah, and it also kind of goes back to, like, you know, there's always these conversations of gatekeeping, especially when it, when it pertains to the music industry. Uh, and I think that, you know, when within the gaming community, the fact that he even utilized Red Dead Redemption 2 in such a unique way, um, I think is something that, like, we appreciated, right? Because um, the, the big thing with the video gaming scene, and more specifically esports scene, is, like, the esports industry is now going to be uh, a projected at $1.1 billion industry. There's a lot of people that are trying to enter. Recently, The weekend just got involved. Uh, Drake just got involved. But 
for example, hip hop. Hip hop has always been synonymous with gaming, and I've and I actually wrote an article about that because uh, you know Ninja, who's a prominent streamer and popular streamer, said that Drake made gaming cool. But I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Are you not going to address Wu Tang Clan? Are you not going to you know not going to address uh, you know the Def Jam fighting games like or even Lupe Fiasco, who's been kind of involved in the fighting gaming community. So um, in, in that sense, like hip hop has been so tied to the gaming community. And a lot of video gamers, they listen to hip hop. They listen to hip hop, whether they do it via their streams or not, they listen to hip hop acts. So I think that like, there's a closer relationship and tie when it comes to gaming and hip hop than gaming and country. So maybe that's also where they have like that sense of like, Oh no, that's, this is one of our own, like, this is, we want to be behind this in terms of the gaming community. Uh, another thing too, is when he did the Red Dead Redemption clip, some people discovered his, song via uh the 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 video game clip i had one person that was like oh i didn't even know about this song until i saw the red dead redemption 2 music video and then i heard the song so um that's why i think that like when it comes to that distinct like camaraderie with the gaming community is because for a while now hip-hop has been so closely tied that i can understand why we would people within the community will support and back. And the fact that he actually even like constructed the uh, music video with clips in a way that makes sense, that shows that he actually understood the game is something that we can appreciate. Um, and so that's where like, I, I definitely see why I, I, I will, I see and can understand why the gaming community is supportive and behind. And I mean, that video is almost, I like, I think it's like over 30 million views or something like that. So I'm sure, like, a lot more people who are in the gaming space are starting to come across this song. But at this point, I think everyone knows about Lil Nas X and what's going on. <laughs> Do you think that this might open the door the other way, where hip-hop artists, R&B artists have already, not oversaturated, but at least been a, a part of the gaming community? Is there a country artist in Nashville right now going, well, wait a minute. If Lil Nas X was able to do this, there are multiple mm -hmm. games that I might be able to jump in on and then grow my popularity and my fan base. Well, I think the thing with that is, I mean, I, I'm not, it, it's interesting, right? Because especially when it comes to pop culture or music in itself, there are various people, even there's even various people within hip hop and more specifically women who are very much into gaming but either don't help people or that people have such a perception of them because of their persona that they put on for music that they're skeptical about it. Like, for, exa for example, Megan Thee Stallion. Now, I don't know Megan Thee Stallion personally. I, I can't speak to what she really likes or doesn't like for anything. But the fact that she has brought up Mortal Kombat has said that she actually has a, a, a passion for Mortal Kombat, that she's actually interested in anime. But because of the persona that she puts out, um, people were skeptical about it. Now, is it a marketing ploy or not? I don't know. I don't, I mean, I personally don't see it as, I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't see what the point is like in terms of like, you know, her putting this out. Like, do people think that she has to do this to get attention from men? Because I don't think that's the case. She can rap, she, you know, she has bars. So I think with this situation is, we are going to see more people that are trying to find ways to immerse themselves within gaming, but there obviously are going to be some people who are going to handle it 
in a more strategic way and in a way that is not like so obvious of why they're doing it. But then obviously, you know, we do see people who see opportunities and are like, oh, well, how can we do this? How can we make things go viral? Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you see, you know, country people involved in gaming a little bit more. I don't know from a content standpoint, but maybe overall, whether it's investments or anything like that, because we're starting to see, I mean, even JLo invested within the esports organization, A-Rod, Jerry Jones, um, Rick Fox, uh, The Weeknd, Drake. The list is going to keep going and building and building and building just because this industry is building and building and getting bigger. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised. And I'm, I think I've seen, I think I've seen one country artist, like, get involved in gaming already in terms of, it might have been with, like, Xbox, something that they do with their series. So I think it might have been in that capacity uh, before Little Nas X. But I think that we are definitely going to see more and more people, whether it's from a genuine perspective or not, get involved in this industry more specifically because of esports. Um, but, you know, uh, if they find, I mean, listen, if, they, if they're able to implement a gaming concept into their marketing plan or whatever they're doing, but it's from, it comes from a, sincere perspective because some people some people use content or some people are inspired by other content pieces um and it's not because that they want to go viral it's just like oh snap i didn't know people will respond to me doing well with video game content like i've actually spoken to some artists uh you know it may not be as big but i've spoken to some artists about how how can they start putting out gaming content because they love to play video games but they don't want to deter their fan base and they don't want their fans to feel a certain way or think or think that the gaming community is going to like frown upon them. So there are some people who are now going to start putting more content out because they see that there are good responses from the community and also from other people and that it's kind of like they're, they're not afraid to show that side of themselves. Uh, but then obviously then the latter, you're going to see other people who are going to try to find a way to profit off of it or market themselves. I think, I think for us as, as, as viewers and people who are the are bystanders, I think we just got to take each case-by-case case scenario and not just think because a country artist puts out content about gaming that they're not interested in gaming. I think we just have to take it case-by-case case and just really see if it's, if they really know they're talking about, if they actually really like gaming. Because I understand. I've, had, I've been interrogated by men when I say I like video games, and then they say Fortnite, and I'm like, oh, child, if only you knew. Like, <laughs> I've owned every single video game since Sega Genesis, and I've owned so many. Do you want me to bring up GoldenEye with N64? Do you want me to talk about Soul Calibur on Dreamcast? Like, I, but then when I talk about it, they're like, oh, she actually is a gamer. So I understand how it is when people perceive you to not be a gamer based off of who you are, where you work, or even how you look like. So I think as us, like, we, we shouldn't judge or jump too quickly to judge, but I think as the gaming community is growing, especially within esports, we do have to be more wary about people's intentions in terms of coming into this space or finding ways to uh, showcase themselves within this space. Why do you think esports started to explode? I mean, esports is just, I mean, think about this, right? And this is one of the reasons why I feel like hip-hop and esports kind of have this synergy. They kind of have this relationship, and that's why they work so well. It's because you remember back in the day with hip-hop, people thought it was a bad, like hip-hop was bad. It was about drugs. It was about this. It was like everyone always put negative perceptions on hip-hop. 
but the community was so passionate about it and so avid uh, uh, that it grew and it got bigger and bigger and it started out small and then it started to get international and you started to see, you know, different people uh, uh, interested in hip hop. It's very similar within esports and gaming. These esports tournaments, some of these big esports esports establishments, they started off as small local things. They started out with small companies. Even some of these esports organizations started out with maybe like three people running it. Then then they started to grow. They started to get sponsorships. More people got involved. More people heard about it. And people who were like, oh, my gosh, I love playing video games or I love fighting games. I didn't know there was local tournaments. I didn't know there was national tournaments. Then it started to build. The same, like, the same, like non-traditional, non-conforming aspect, in a sense, that hip-hop has always been known for and, and people have loved and been passionate about is the same in gaming, right? I always tell people, especially within the black community, there are uh, – for some people, there are three. I mean, there's multiple routes in terms of growing up and what you can do. But typically, for certain people in certain uh, uh, environments, it was you either you either wanted to be a rapper and thought that was the, the route out. You wanted to be a professional ap- athlete and thought that was the route to a better life. Um, you play video games to stay away from the street or any negativity that's happened. Or you, it was more of an academic. So video games have already been ingrained within the black community and black culture. And as you know, black culture is the culture and it runs and, and a lot of other cultures kind of move off of what black culture has established. Right. So that's why like that essence within hip hop. And that's why those essence within hip hop are the same within gaming. And like the fighting game community is, has a lot of, black gamers and prominent black gamers and then also um you know in some of the other communities too and then the thing with that is that gaming is international the same way that hip-hop is universal gaming is universal competitive gaming is universal in that sense and that's why you see teams from korea from japan you see top top gamers from afghanistan it's one of those things that like music video games Sports and very certain other uh, certain other things in life, they are very universal. So that's why we're seeing such a huge increase and in expansion of esports. And social media has definitely helped to increase it because now more people can be aware of it and know what it is. And with the awareness, with the attention, with the competition, with more people getting involved, with bigger brands, it's grabbing more people's attention. The same way with hip hop, more attention. People are love the acts. People love the acts. More people are seeing the dollar signs, so then bigger brands get involved and pushing and, and et cetera, and to the point where hip-hop is the top genre, and then esports is the same thing. It's getting to the point where esports is becoming so big that it's now the conversation is, how are they going to implement esports within traditional sports? Like, you had the actual, like, you ha- we have actual big television networks that are now showing esports competitions. And it's like, they, it's the same way that kind of hip-hop sports it's not even force itself, but build itself within the scene to make people pay, pay attention. Esports is doing the same. So that's where I see kind of like that synergy and, and kind of that connection for those who may not understand the esports scene, but may understand hip hop. And that's why I try to explain from a culture aspect when I'm covering gaming esports, because yeah, you know, is, is there racism Is you know, certain leagues more, you see more Asians and, and predominantly more white people. Yes but there are still some crossovers when it comes to culture and more specifically the black community. And that's why, you know, 
that's why we're seeing the intersection of culture and esports with people like Drake in the weekend is because there's always been that synergy. Aaron, you kind of like hit me where I live because you know I'm I'm a sportscaster. I do a sports talk show most of the yeah. time. My podcast is is about sports on the field. Do you think that we're moving towards a place where esports is on the same level as traditional sports as far as viewership goes? And and what things are like what things are happening to make that take place? Where I I understand it. I mean, I I was talking with a, a gamer a few weeks ago about mm-hmm. this. Where when when you're a kid and you have your friends over and you're playing Mortal Kombat. People are gathered around to see who's going to win. So it doesn't it doesn't shock me that there is a market for it. What does shock me is the level of success we've seen esports have over the last, let's say, four years where you're right. It is now being broadcast. It, it's finding its way into to traditional broadcast mm-hmm. a little bit more. Why do you think that's happening? Because I think that's happening because there's the viewership for it, right? You know, there are, I mean, look at it. Some of the top video game streamers get millions and millions and millions of views. One of the biggest YouTubers is a gamer. He gets so much views. And I think that there's, I think mainstream and traditional sports have started to see that there is an interest in this. And especially the industry isn't a very young industry, right? A lot of the viewers are young kids. Some of the gamers are young. I mean, there are some older people who are gamers and within esports, right? But I think that now we're starting to see more traditional platforms covering it. I mean, this is, I mean, this is typical, right? A lot of mainstream and big companies are typically going to be super late to the wave to jump on one at its highest point. That's every single company. That's every single Fortune 500 for the most part. There's a lot of big companies do that, right? Um, but I think that they, they one, they see the dollar signs, which is what a lot of people are looking at now. And once that, once that news report came out where the industry is going to be hitting about or will expect to hit $1.1 billion, everyone's like, ooh, cha-ching, that's an opportunity. So I think that's one reason why we're starting to see a lot more. But then also the viewership numbers show. Like, obviously, some leagues get more attention than others. Like, the fighting game community doesn't get as much attention as for, as for say, like, Fortnite or League of Legends. Um, or even, like, in, a certain, in certain circumstances, Overwatch, uh, well, Overwatch League of Legends, and then, I'm sorry, Fortnite, and uh, there's a few others. Rocket but, League. Yeah, Rocket League. Thank you. There's, I was like, I know I'm forgetting one. Um, but there is that viewership for that. And I think they see the numbers in terms of how many people are involved and engaged and how many people are paying to go. Like the fact that the in Philadelphia there's going to be an arena specifically for an esports team that is super wild, right? I mean, it's cool and it's dope, but it's super wild that we're at this point now where there could be potential arenas for these teams because there's so much of a, there's such a turnout for these competitions. And I think that like a lot of times that I guess that happens with this is like people don't understand. Like they're like, oh, it's just gamers, whatever. But it's like these gamers are training just like traditional athletes, right? Like I used to play soccer. I played at University of Kentucky. I played in a high competitive uh, state within the SEC. And, you know, there was an opportunity for me to go pro. So for me, 
looking at these gamers, like, I understand, like, this stuff isn't easy. Like, some of the stuff that they have to do, they train and play the game for hours upon hours. And I'm not even saying two hours, three. Like, it's more like eight, nine, ten hours every single day strategizing. Um, you know, sometimes they have to go see psychologists to kind of cope with certain things, like high stakes. Sometimes if you lose, just the same way as professional teams, they'll get rid of players and get new players. And because, you know, each team has a certain number, it may not be as much as, like, for example, an NFL team and stuff like that. So there's so much pressure. And there's there's similarities within esports as they are in traditional sports. I just think that, like, when it comes to the traditional sports side, people don't quite understand but then again, there are people in traditional sports who just think that women athletes are like not good and can't do anything. And does that know, happen in the esports community too? Yes, it does. I mean, listen, the same. I'm I'm sure the same guys who say that stuff in a traditional sports sense are the same guys who would say that in esports. Now, mind you, I don't want people to think that like everyone in every guy in esports is like that because. I, I don't generalize, right? There are plenty of men within esports who have been super welcoming, who are who who root for women gamers, who love playing with a women within specific games. Like even when I entered, I've had so many guys that are like, "Yo, if you need anything, let us know. We know how this can be sometimes." And so I don't want people to think that like it's like that. The same way it's it's not like that with traditional sports. It's the same way with esports. But it's those two environments are the same because sometimes a lot of the gamers are fans of NFL, fans of NBA, fans of traditional sports, and some aren't. But still, that is there is that ideology in a sense um, that is within both markets. Um, but it shouldn't take away. Like, I know everyone kind of, like, in mainstream, sometimes people look at the toxic nature within gaming, like online gaming with, like, the racism and sexism and derogatory comments, and I know that, like, mainstream media covers that, but there's so many positive stories to it. There's stories of people who, who you know, their families had to not pay for the electricity bill, give them a chance to make it to, into a league, and then they make it into a league, and then they can pay for, for stuff in their family. There are people who, you know, have, who have disabilities, physical disabilities, or, or disabilities in general, who find happiness within gaming and, and competition. Um, and so I think that, like, their traditional sports and just what goes on with that, it's very similar with esports, and I hope more and more people understand and see that. But then, the same way there's negative stuff in the traditional sports sense, there's going to be that same similar sense, negative uh, feelings and sentiment on the esports side, too. It's not like it's two separate things. They're kind of in a similar realm in that capacity. All right, I got one more thing that I want to ask you. And again, I appreciate yeah, you fine. being so gracious with your time. I'm an 8-bit dude. I'm, I'm a, a regular NES guy. I'm uh, maybe I have a PS3 and I was putzing around with that last night. If I were to jump into the world, whether it's the fight community or the esports mm-hmm. community, because I do love a lot of those old games that have made their way, like Tekken or Mortal Kombat and FIFA and Madden. Mm-hmm. What would be your suggestion on how I could slowly integrate myself into this new universe? Well, I would say if you're interested in integrating yourself, like, show your passion and interest, right? One of the things that 
uh, one of the reasons I was able to kind of like tap into it, because like, listen, I've, I've been a gamer all my life and I talked about it, but I really got involved. So like, for example, I was covering the NBA 2K League, but I was one of the very few people that were there for every single game, you know, and I showed that I was committed to telling the stories within the league. And then from there, then other people within esports started to notice and then pay attention and appreciate some of the articles I wrote. Like I wrote about the Fortnite stuff and how people need to understand why people like myself who are a black woman or people who are black or people who are, you know, a part of the culture in the sense or creative dances are upset about the use of these dances in a video game. And so like people appreciated that I spoke from that perspective, even though I had people that were like, you don't know anything, all this stuff. Right. But there are people who feel that way in the gaming community and being a voice for them. They appreciated that. I think that you got to find your lane, right? If you're media, make sure that if you don't know something, don't be afraid to ask and don't be afraid to say that you don't know something, right? Take the time to learn. Hear from different people. Hear from their different perspectives. Hear what, you know, what is going on. What's the history? Ask them what you can read or watch to learn more in that capacity. Now, if you're a gamer... You should play, get involved, really like do a Twitch, share your content, show people you love it, uh, go to local events, find local events, maybe go, get into local tournaments. And you got to, you have to kind of like build yourself up the same way, you know, if we're going to compare traditional sports, the same way that like when you start out, you don't like start playing basketball, start playing soccer, start playing football. You don't instantly go to the pro. You have to train and play in middle school. You got to train and play in high school. You got to earn. You got to show your skill set. Show you're a top one. You got to win games. You go to college. It's similar to esports. You're gonna if you're going to the competitive team, you got to win. You got to make a name for yourself. You got to build and show that you can you can battle and be a part of these higher and more uh, extensive tournaments and competitions. But it's gonna start on the smaller scene. It's gonna start on the local scene. Now, if you're trying to be a streamer. This, it's, it's similar. You got you to gotta be entertaining. You got to play often, have a schedule. You know, it's going to be, it's basically like a regiment, right? It's, you you, you got to treat it not only as a passion, but like, in a sense, like a job. Because people are coming to you for the value of entertainment. So you got to treat it with the utmost importance and really show people that you're committed to this, that you love this, and you and you want to be a part of this community, whether it's a streamer, whether it's media or anything. It's going to take time, work, and dedication, just like with anything else in life. But if you start and, and show people that you're genuine about it and don't try to act, you know, don't try to, like, jump in without, like, it, I wouldn't even, it, it, it even, like, it's not even anything, like, in a sense of gatekeeping, but, like, don't jump in without getting to know the people in the industry. Like it's, it just rubs you the wrong way. The same way that like when we see certain acts that jump into hip hop and try to use hip hop to monetize their platform and get themselves big, we, we, we point it out and we'll call you out on it. That's what gamers will do too. So just be sincere and genuine about your whole experience and really just put the time and effort in and you're going to start seeing the, the responses, the positive responses, positive feedback, and, and wherever you want to go, you can go. You know, just go about the right way. Aaron, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And thanks for the education as well. Yeah, no problem at all. Like, 
I, I, I'm, I'm really excited to see the growth of esports. Uh, but I definitely, I definitely, one thing I want to see is I just want to, I want to see more, more of the stories, more of the perspectives, and more people who, you know, may not have been involved in the industry get involved in the industry. And especially like as minorities, like I want to hear more perspectives. And, and, and just to let you guys know, like, a lot of media people too want to hear their perspectives and want to figure out certain things. Yeah. Like how do we deal with the racism and sexism with online? Like people in the community do want to figure out how we handle this. So I think that like the more perspectives and the more, the more perspectives, the more cultures that are involved in gaming from people joining in, I think it's ultimately going to help with the overall development of gaming and sports ultimately. So I am so happy to provide any assistance or help in any capacity. This is fantastic. Thank you so much. I, I really, truly appreciate it. And I will let's do this again. Let's chat again sometime. You know, after I get a little further down the road with my gaming experience, I'd love to talk to you again. Yes, definitely. I am a hundred percent down. Thanks a lot, Aaron. All right, no problem. Bye. That was Erin Simon. What a great ball of energy she is. You talk about someone who is invested inside the gaming world. That's it right there. If you want to follow her, and you should, I'm going to follow her. Hit the follow button right now. At Erin A. Simon is where you can find her on Twitter. And her work in the Shadow League, the piece that made me jump off into was the thing about Old Town Road. So I'm glad that she was able to come on, and I hope that she provided some real insight into the world of gaming. I don't know how involved I'm going to get, but I, I'm my interest is definitely peaked. See you on tomorrow's episode.